everybody. Welcome to the Home Recording Made Easy.com podcast. My name is David Vignola. This is episode nine. Thank you for joining me. This week, we're going to talk a little bit about the studio biz again. I'm going to help all my studio business owners. And we're going to talk about the importance of multiple revenue streams. Why is that important? What does that mean? How can it help you? And more importantly, how it can protect you. And I'm going to tell you a little story about something that happened to me recently. And it really uh, hit home why multiple streams of income is so important in a home studio business, especially an online business. So now get a pad, get a pen, take some notes, and let's talk about multiple revenue streams right here on the Home Recording Made Easy.com podcast. Okay, everybody, welcome to episode nine here. So this week, again, we're going to talk about the importance of having multiple revenue streams, especially if you run an online business, which is what a lot of you that are listening to this podcast do. You've come to me and you're, I'm training you and you want to start an online business in your home studio. Maybe you're a mixing engineer. Maybe you're a recording engineer, a mastering engineer. Maybe you do some education. Maybe you do all three, which is great if you do. But I want to tell you about why having multiple streams of income in an online business, or really in any business for that matter, but especially an online business is so vitally important. Okay. So I want to talk to you about something that happened to me just this week. And we're recording this podcast in the beginning of or mid part of June, 2020. This happened about a week ago. So, and then it'll kind of lead into what I'm going to talk about and give you some tips. So really, um, what had happened to me was um, I do online education, as all of you know, a lot of you buy a lot of my courses. And um, I have a lot of videos, training courses that I sell on my website. I also sell those courses, was invited to sell those courses about three years ago from a website called Production Expert. Okay, now Production Expert is a is a conglomerate of um, different... Uh, blogs that were all kind of put together in pivot share. It used to be called Pro Tools Expert. And then they had a website called Logic Expert, Studio One Expert, so on and so forth. They put all these websites together and they call it Production Expert. Production Ex Expert is a blog um, about all different DAWs. And it also has a pivot share account where a lot of creators would have videos on that pivot share account to attract um, prospective viewers and customers. Some are free, some are paid, some are both. I was invited about three years ago by the person who ran Production Expert to put my video courses on there and said if I wanted to, you know, attract business, I get a lot of traffic there that I can put up my courses for sale. Um, and what basically happens is when someone goes to PivotShare, they don't buy my course outright and download it. You have to buy that from my website, but they, they become a member of Production Expert for a monthly fee and they have access to all the courses. And that's kind of how it works. And then basically, uh, depending on how, and then, so, and then you can also purchase the courses, I guess, from PivotShare and view them online. I don't think you can download them. I think you can just view them through your PivotShare account. Anyway, depending on how much um, revenue your courses generate, they take a cut for letting you host their stuff there. Pivot Share takes a cut, and then you get the balance, which is fair enough. It's not something that was, um, I had to give them exclusive content. I was able to sell the same courses on my website at a higher price or anywhere else. So I thought it was a good deal. It was very nice of them to allow me to do that, and I took them up on it. And I was making money on Pivot Share every month through Production Expert for about three or 
probably um, this will be year number four. So three straight years and then halfway into 2020 would be year four. And it wasn't a remarkable amount of money, to be honest. It was somewhere, you know, every month I would get a, 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 you know, a check from them or through the PayPal payments, anywhere from a couple of hundred bucks a month to seven or eight hundred dollars a month, depending on the month and all of that stuff. So it wasn't a tremendous amount of income, but it did it did add up to maybe three to four, five thousand dollars a year, which is hey, nothing to sneeze at, right? I put my courses up there; it kind of just works on its own. It's passive income. If you can make a couple of grand a year or more. It's great. It's like free money. So, so to speak, didn't have to do anything, didn't have to create any exclusive content. So I did that. It was working well for me. Well, in the begin, in the mid part of June, 2020, um, I get an unexpected email from pivot, uh, from, uh, from pivot share saying that my account has been deleted and I am no longer able to monetize my courses on the Production Expert website. I thought, well, gee, that's awfully odd. I haven't heard from these people in, in, in forever. Um, didn't do anything. You know, I didn't do anything that would cause me to be pulled down. I said, it has to be a mistake. So I reached out to the person who runs the uh, the Production Expert site and said, hey, by the way, you guys invited me to come here. I've been on here for several years. Everything's been great. Why am I getting this email? Can you please look into this? You know, I do make money from this every month. It is part of my livelihood. It is a revenue stream for me. Can you look into this? Well, about three or four hours after that email, someone did write back to me, which is great, and said, you know, oh, no, you know, you didn't do anything wrong, Dave. We're not singling you out, but this isn't a mistake. We did pull down you and some other accounts because we wanted to give the opportunity to creators that actually participate in their monthly and weekly blog. We wanted their, those people that contribute to the blog to have an opportunity to use the pivot share platform to make extra revenue and not have it to outsiders, even though they invited me and they never asked me to, to participate in their monthly or blog or whatever. Cause if they just wanted me to write an article or do a, an exclusive piece of content once a month or something like that, I might've done that for them because they let me host the videos on their site. Again, they invited me to do that. And so I said, well, thank you for getting back to me, but you know, it would have been nice if someone would have at least contacted me. You didn't even contact me to tell me. Um, I get an email from PivotShare saying my account's been deleted and all my videos have been taken down just like that. So at the, uh, at the snap of, <laughs> of my fingers, I went from making, you know, a few thousand dollars a year at that at production expert to making nothing. Um, and I said, you know, it was kind of unprofessional and I would have appreciated at least a heads up. I don't know what I did or what happened or if that's what you want to do, that's fine. Can we talk about this? Um, I don't actively participate in your blog every month because you never asked me to do that. That wasn't one of the requirements back then. But if something has changed, I would be happy to, to talk about it. Maybe we could work something out. Maybe we can't. Totally fine. But either way, can we at least talk about it? Never heard back from, <laughs> from the people at Production Expert which doesn't surprise me. And I won't say the name of the person that runs it because that person has a reputation of doing shady things. And although up to this point has never treated me unfairly, this time they decided to do that. So I lost that revenue. And you can say, well, you know, that's money out of my pocket now, you know, that I've lost um, unexpectedly just like that. So um, one of the things that I've always talked to and teach my students and my, you know, people that come to me for coaching about business and turning their studio into a money-making machine, and we talk a lot about that on this podcast, is having multiple streams of income. And now, so I have many streams of income in my business, and we'll touch a little bit upon them now. 
Um, so this loss of a few thousand dollars a year isn't going to change my life. It's a little disappointing. It wasn't so much that they decided to do this and change their policy, so to speak, was the way they handled it. But this is what happens when you're working with other people. Not everybody does things on the up and up. So that is what kind of happened to me. And I thought this would be a great podcast episode. It's a good reminder. So one of the episodes we talked about a few weeks ago, when we talked about how do we get my, I think it was called something to the effect of how do you get your first clients? And we talked about having a website, something outside of Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and those kinds of things. And we talked a little bit about those platforms and how you have really no control over those platforms. And if something changes there, um, it can ruin your business or really screw you up. And that's why you want to have your own website. So we talked a little bit about that. And this kind of leans into that topic a little bit. So what I always tell people and what my personal rule of thumb is that I want 70%, at least 70% of my total revenue that comes in from my business needs to come from a content that I control, okay? And then the remaining 30% can be made up of things like YouTube and royalties and coaching and mixing work and other things that I don't necessarily control, other social media platforms, things like PivotShare, things like that. Now, 70% means that content I control. What does that mean? Well, that means that revenue that comes in from my websites, homerecordingmadeeasy.com, mixingmadeeasy.net, where I have an email list and growing an email list every single day of subscribers, followers, customers, and clients that purchase stuff from me directly, okay? Those are people that I can directly market to. So I have complete control over that content. Nobody can take my stuff off that website but, my, but myself. No one can change the way I get paid or change the pricing of what I make on each one of my courses but myself. No one can decide whether or not you're going to put stuff on sale, take things off sale, things like that, but myself. And therefore, you have more control. And this is so important if you're going to work in an online business situation that you want to control as much of that destiny as you can. You do not want to depend on another platform to control your stuff and to pay you. This is, you know, this is huge on YouTube where I see lots of people really focus on getting millions of subscribers, having these huge, huge YouTube channels so they can get all kinds of ad revenue. And that's wonderful until one day YouTube decides to change the way they pay their content creators. Or what happens if YouTube goes away one day? No, Dave, YouTube can't go away. Hey, does anybody remember MySpace? <laughs> YouTube could go away or it could be bought out or it can, there'll be another YouTube. There'll be a bigger and better thing. YouTube may not go away, but may, YouTube may end up with some competition at one point. Who knows? The point is you don't control your ad revenue on YouTube. YouTube controls the ad revenue, how they pay their creators, when they can pay their creators. And now in year 2020, as I record this podcast, they're getting more and more picky about what content you could even post copyright stuff, demonetizing videos, all that stuff, regardless of what kind of content you create. It doesn't have to be music. It could be music. It could be about anything, social issues, um, you know, handguns, gaming, whatever. You don't have control is my point. And so just like with my pivot share story that I just shared with you, someone can change the rules of the game and you have nothing to say about it. And you don't want your whole online existence and business and revenue hinged upon someone else controlling. You want to control. So again, 70% of my stuff comes from the stuff I control. And here's some examples of that. In 2017, 
77% of my revenue came in from home recording Made Easy and MixingMadeEasy.net, 77%. In 2019, 80, or excuse me, uh, 85, excuse me, in 2018, 77% came in, not 2017. 2018, 77% came in from home recording Made Easy and MixingMadeEasy.net. In 2019, 85% of my revenue came in from those two websites. And so far in 2020, as I sit here and record this podcast about halfway through the year, 78% of my revenue comes from home recording made easy, mixing made easy.net. Okay, so I'm over that 70%. And by the end of the year, I'll be probably around 80%. Okay, so most of my revenue comes from things that I control. And the reason for that is, and again, that's only two revenue streams. Home recording made easy is a business. Mixing made easy.net is a business. I have about 11 other uh, revenue streams inside of that. One of them was the pivot share, right? I have things on affiliate marketing and all kinds of different things we won't get into here. But just to know that I have like 11 or 12 total revenue streams, but most of the revenue comes from my two websites that I control. And that's what I would, um, that's what I would recommend for any of you listening. Okay. The other point is every year, I try to add one new revenue stream or see if I can grow a revenue stream that's low performing or something that I haven't focused on very much. Now that can be something that I control a new brand new revenue stream, or it could be one of the other 30%. Okay. So for example, um, or something that's a low performing revenue stream or something that I haven't focused on. So for example, one of my revenue streams is I write music for television and film. I've had lots of music on a lot, hit t- a lot of hit TV shows on the History Channel, Discovery Channel, Fox, Disney, those kinds of things. Um, it's, you, it's, from, it's royalties from music that I created four or five years ago. I haven't published any new music for television and film in a couple of years. I've been busy doing other things inside of my business, but I still get quarterly royalty checks. Um, again, it's not something that I can control. It's one of those 30% items, right? It's in the, it's not in the 70% because I can't, I can't control whether or not a publisher uses my music in a television show or film. I don't control if the royalty changes as far as the percentages and all that stuff. I don't have any control over that. I give them the music, they use it or they don't. So that doesn't fall in the 70, 70% that falls in the 30%. Follow? But it's not something that I focused on very much in the last few years, as I said, So that might be a revenue stream in 2021 that I want to create more music for television and film. I want to build up that royalty check that comes in every quarter. Okay, that could be one example. Another example could be something that I'm going to control completely on my own. And as a matter of fact, I'm in the process of doing that now. I can't share it with you here. It's still under lock and key. It hasn't come to fruition yet, but I am building another another brand, another revenue stream that I'm going to control completely in myself. It's going to be part of that 70%. Okay, you'll be hearing about that soon. So every year I try to at least create one new revenue stream or improve one that's low performing or something that I haven't focused on. Okay, so 70% of your total business revenue should be coming in from things that you control. Okay, on your website, through your email list, things that you can directly market to, customers and clients that you can direct directly market to. The other 30% is through other things. My YouTube, your YouTube channel, uh, through affiliate marketing, however else you want to do it. Okay, that's a good rule of thumb. So here's four recommendations I want to give you as you take away from this podcast. 
The first thing is to have your own .com website. Okay, we talked about this a couple of episodes ago. Start building an email list of followers and clients that you can directly communicate with without a third-party platform. Examples, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, etc. Okay, you want to have your own website for sure, a .com, joeblow.com. <laughs> And you want to start building an email list. You say, well, how do you build an email list? We'll talk about that in future episodes. But for example, if you have a YouTube channel, like I do, Home Recording Made Easy, I get about 10 to 15 new email subscribers on my website every single day. People watch my videos on YouTube. They go in the description box below. They see I give away five free training courses. They click on that. They come over to Home Recording Made Easy. They get their five free courses. And in exchange for the five free courses, they give me their email list. And now I can directly market to them. That is something that's taught in every online uh, you know, marketing book. And we'll talk more about that in future episodes. Okay, but you want to have, you don't want to depend on just Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, because again, if those things go away, those customers go away, you have no way to communicate with them directly. I'm not saying don't use those platforms, use those to supplement your own thing. Okay, that is the most important thing to take away from all of this. Number two, consistently be looking for additional revenue streams. Do not put all of your earning eggs, and I say that in air quotes for you that can't see me, <laughs> your earning eggs into one basket. Don't put all of your stuff in one basket. What happens if that basket goes away? What happens if the pivot share, like happened to me, goes away? If most of my revenue stream was coming from Production Experts Pivot Share Program, I would be screwed today. Thank God it was not a lot of money, right? So you want to have additional revenue streams. Again, try to find a new one every year or multiple ones, you know, constantly be growing those revenue streams because you don't want to put everything into one basket. That's for sure. Okay. Number three, keep your business overhead and debt as low as possible. If you instantly lost 15% of your revenue, could you survive? A lot of people make this mistake, especially home studio businesses. I see it all the time. And we're going to talk about this in another week or two. They go out, they spend, they make $50, they spend 100 right, on gear, plugins, new gadgets, new trinkets. They spend all the money. They have no savings whatsoever. Every month, their monthly nut that they need to make barely their revenue or their intake of cash barely covers that every month. If you're running that close to the edge, if you're living week to week, month to month, and something happens, could you survive? If 50% of your revenue went away, can you survive? That's why I use the, the, I use the ratio of I want 70% of my revenue to come from stuff that I control. But even if you start at 50%, 50% is the stuff you control, 50% is stuff that you can't control, okay? If that goes away, could you survive? Keep the overhead low. You don't want to have big monthly expenses. I can't tell you. This all comes back to building a business plan, understanding budgets and all that. And again, we'll talk more about this as we move forward with this podcast. But keep your overhead low, as low as humanly possible. Anticipate that any day you can lose 50% of your revenue. Let's hope that never happens, but anticipate that it can happen. And if it does, what are you going to do? Can you survive? Hugely important. And the last tip I want to give you for a home studio business owner or any online business owner, because it's really difficult sometimes when you're working at home, you're comfortable, you don't get in the car and drive to the office every day, you don't have a boss, 
standing over your shoulder or, 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 you know, with the pressure of having to deliver certain things every day, every week at your day job, when you work for yourself, there's a lot of freedom, but it's very easily you can get on un, unfocused. Don't get too complacent every day. Move the ball down the field <laughs> every day. I use the football analogy for anyone that likes football, move the ball down the field. I don't even care if it's a half a yard. Okay. If it's a half a yard today, tomorrow, it's a yard. Then you may lose a half a yard. Then the next day it's two yards and you lose a half a yard. The next day it's two and a half yards. You lose a yard. You get it two steps forward, one step back or three steps forward, two steps back. That happens. But every single day you need to be thinking of ways to move the ball down the field. You need to be thinking of ways to create more revenue streams. You need to be thinking of ways to reducing your overhead you need to be smart. You need to run your online business as a business. Don't take every penny you make and just spend it all because there will come a day where that revenue dries up. You never know what happens. Anything can happen. And you want to make sure that if one or two of your revenue streams dry up, that the other ones can at least sustain you to keep food on the table, right? Now, this is all common sense stuff. I know a lot of you are listening going, it's all common sense, Dave. I know this, but you'd be surprised how many people don't know this. I can't tell you how many people I've seen go into business, you know, in January and by September, they're out of business and they're in debt because they're not smart. Okay, so I want you guys to be smart. I want my students and my clients to be smart. I want you to think about these things. These are super important. And believe me, these things have worked for me. And I promise you, if you kind of follow some of these guidelines that we talk about in the studio biz, um, you'll be successful. You'll be successful. Okay, so that is it for this week. I want to thank everybody for listening to episode nine. This week, we don't have any questions coming in from the mailbag. This was something that I just wanted to talk to you about because this just happened to me. So don't let this happen to you. Again, show notes below. All the links are in the description box. I want to give you um, something for free for listening to this podcast. So as I said a little bit earlier in the show, if you're new to Home Recording Made Easy, and this is the first time you're listening to this podcast on iTunes or Spotify or whatever, thank you so much and welcome to the family. I want you to go to homerecordingmadeeasy.com. I want you to get the five free mixing training courses. It's worth about 200 bucks. So you're going to get five free courses. It'll help you start off and continue or continue on your mixing journey. Go to homerecordingmadeeasy.com today. I also want to give the rest of you um, a little bit of a discount. So if you're listening to this podcast and you already got my five free courses, or even if you don't, go get the five free courses. But then I also want to give you a 30% discount on any training course on my website. Just use the coupon code PODCAST30. PODCAST30 at checkout takes 30% off any training course on my website. Go check that out. All of that information will be in the show notes below. So you can take a look at that. And then last but certainly not least, if you really enjoy the craft of mixing and you want to learn mixing in a very non-technical way, it's perfect for beginners and intermediate level mixers, go over to mixingmadeeasy.net. It's a place where you could become, for a very low fee, less than 50 cents a day, you could become part of a community of home recording musicians and aspiring audio engineers that want to get better at the craft of mixing. Check out mixingmadeeasy.net today. Again, all those... Uh, Links will be in the show notes below. And until next week, I've been Dave with Home Recording Made Easy and MixingMadeEasy.net. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast, and I will see you next week. Take care, everybody.